welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Yes, welcome to next week tonight, week seven, here on the Fusion Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Joshua. You can find us on Twitter at FusionFFB for all the updates of new podcasts, new things on the website, FusionFFB.com. We keep it simple around here. And of course, this is the weekly podcast I do where I basically try to predict who everyone's going to try and pick up next week so that you can pick them up for free now. We also work on some transactions, buy, sells kind of things. So maybe you can get a, a head start on some of those transactions. Maybe make a trade for a player uh, before they blow up, before they get big, so you don't have to pay as much. This kind of thing. We just try to keep you one step ahead of the competition. Now, I always say that the way I'm measuring my success here weekly is two things. One, am I predicting who everyone wants to get next week? Which means I have probably accurately predicted what's going to happen this week in order to make them stick out to everybody. Uh, Also, their matchups for the following week we've seen. And now people are looking at it and saying, oh, hey, those are good matchups. We should get that guy. And then finally, we want them to actually be good players, too. And hopefully, if I'm talking about streamers, a player that actually did something to produce some points, it's not quite as high a hit rate on that, but that's low for everyone. And by low, I mean usually 50%. However, I think we're doing a little bit better than that. But maybe not in week five going back. Yes, week five, because when I predict next week's stats, it's not for another two podcasts that I get to talk about how they actually performed in the games for that week. Um, So I, of course, was talking about week five and week four. And now that it's week six, I can actually go back and talk about what happened last week. And no, they didn't produce all that great. Um... I probably my best call was Jared Cook actually having a good game as a streaming tight end. A couple of the other ones should have been obvious that that things changed and didn't work out, such as Robbie Anderson. I was that was only of course with Darnold coming back. He did not, and therefore, if if you were trying to stream him, I hope you realized that was a bad idea without Darnold. Uh, there was a few other things in there, but also. The moves that we were talking about continue to work out. We were, of course, talking about all of the wide receivers in my week five podcast that I do. I was talking about all of the young wide receivers that you should be trying to get. And, of course, they were Cortland Sutton, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller, and Preston Williams. And those are all working out for you. I'd been telling you for weeks to get Will Fuller, so then when he went off in week five, um... I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. Not surprised. When you have the most air yards of anyone in the league without a touchdown playing against that team, playing with that quarterback, it's bound to happen. Now, I didn't know which week, but he was still putting up points either way, but a 
big game was bound to happen. And it finally did. And if you're paying attention, for week six, that's this week that you're listening that we're getting ready for games. I was saying that Will Fuller would have a good game because who is he playing? Kansas City. Always play your fast receivers against Kansas City. I still think he has another good game. If you are selling him, I would not sell him yet. I would hold on to Will Fuller, get those points out of him this week, unless it's unless you have an abundance of wide receivers somehow. I mean, you know your team. I'm just saying don't sell high quite yet because there's more high coming. That's all I mean. Then I think you can feel free to sell, but we'll get to there. We will get there. want to talk about week six first, right after this. All right, welcome back. We want to talk about week six and all of the players that everyone was telling you to get this past week. If you're listening on all your podcasts on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the transactions that they are telling you to make. And look, I go by a lot of the best podcasts. And I I don't know if you know anything about this podcast. Maybe this is the first time you've listened. I am not afraid here to point you towards other podcasts, other podcasts resources. That's actually part of why I made this podcast was to share other good work with you and try and be a a bit of a medium between the creators and the consumers because there's so much good fantasy content out there. Why would I even possibly try to compete with some of these guys like the FF Ballers podcast? And this week, one of their starts for quarterback streamers is Rosen, Josh Rosen. And I told you last week, it was really ugly to say. It was one of the ugliest streaming calls I've ever made. But Josh Rosen, and then you can even go for the Preston Williams, Josh Rosen stack against Washington. So everyone was on top of that. I didn't know if, I'll be honest, when I was saying that, I knew that the waiver, you know, streaming landscape was pretty bleak, I said, in week six. Um, And I'm not the only one that picked up on that. I kept hearing it from all of the other podcasts as they looked at this too. And it was bad. It's pretty bad in week seven too. Not quite as bad. But man, I didn't know if anyone would still step up for Rosen and Preston Williams, but two, two, I believe it was Jason, maybe it was Mike on FF Ballers credit. They brought him up and they said, Hey, Rosen, Washington gives up points to quarterbacks. Um, we would go the other way too. That is whichever quarterback is playing against the Dolphins. Um, but I don't, I don't know if we know who that is and I'm not sure I've seen enough out of, uh, Haskins, to warrant putting him out there. Rosen hasn't looked terrible, and he has a connection with uh, Williams, it seems. Also, we were telling you to make sure you got Gallup before last week. See, whenever I say these things each week, I'm not telling you who you should go get after the games in the waivers for the next week. Uh, No, it's too late then. I'm trying to tell you who you should get on Friday and Saturday and Sunday morning. That way you get them for free or you maybe can trade for them for cheap. Gallup was coming back off of injury. Maybe you could have worked him into a deal 
that kind of thing. Now, the running back I brought up, I don't know. I brought up Justice Hill versus the Bengals. The Bengals giving up receiving back receptions. Uh, I haven't seen it out of Hill. I haven't seen them use it, use him enough to really make me think this will actually work out. So, you know, two weeks ago, I thought there was a chance, um, but I, I didn't see them getting him involved. So that kind of lessens my enthusiasm for him this week in week six. Not much out there for running back streamers. You're really going to get your streaming uh, replacement running backs these days based off of injury. So I didn't know what was going to have happen to David Johnson. So you should have been listening to these other podcasts who can give you the up-to-date information and can tell you to go get Chase Edmonds, right? Um, so that's FF Ballers. Everyone largely knows them. But another podcast that I reference here is J.J. Zach Reeson's Late Round Podcast, and he does every Tuesday a 15 Transactions podcast, which goes over similar to this. It's basically very similar to this, except he's doing it for that week, for the next day, for waivers. We have a good amount of options, and I think they are still there. So in that respect, um, I guess they weren't great picks because... No one else was really picking them. No one was is quite ready to jump on the Noah Fant bandwagon like I was. He didn't really do much in week five like I had hoped, and so he didn't get any more attention. He, of course, had a good game week four. I think he could still have a good game, has a great schedule coming up, as I said. The, the last guy is uh, kind of a break glass in case of emergency. Uh, Jordan Akins versus the Chiefs. I, I had him as a call for week five, and... The two touchdown passes, and only two passes, went to Darren Fells instead of Aikens. I guess I was half right. Uh, yeah, we tried. But of the two, I would still try on Aikens. It's worth a shot if you need someone with high upside. Of course, Chris Herndon's been brought up for weeks and weeks. But then he pulls his hamstring. He's going to be out a few weeks, which means you drop him. We didn't hold him before, and we're not going to hold him now. Not if you're in a one tight end, no premium, no tight end premium league. Don't don't hang on to him. Go get it, a Fant, because Fant can actually do something this week and be worth something. Herndon cannot do anything to gain value sitting on your bench. If someone else wants to stash him, too bad. Find somebody else in the meantime. You can't just you can't just wait on him. As much as I like him, you can't wait on him. All right, I bring those up not so much just to talk about what I got right, but also just to make sure you have some names for this this week for week six. But we do need to move on to next week, week seven. What do we have? Like I said, it's a little bleak once again for quarterbacks. There's a few decent options. Josh Allen may, his ownership is pretty mixed, but it's possible he's had some bad weeks. It's quite possible he will be on your waivers. I would go and make that move before this week because he could have a good game this week six. So for week seven, he's of course playing the Dolphins. Before everyone sees that and jumps on it, you want to get him now. So that's a definitely a before week six starts, at least a Sunday starts. 
Next, I have Daniel Jones. And you, if you just watched the Thursday night game, you're wondering why in the world would you want that? Because he actually didn't look terrible. He had a few passes that weren't great. A lot of the interceptions even were tipped or knocked up. Good defense. Maybe the pass could have been better. There was a couple passes that were actually really good. Uh, one comes to mind where he put it right in the right place for Slayton, and Gilmore just made a really great great play and knocked it out of his hands. But Daniel Jones is making plays. If he makes those plays versus a Cardinal defense, I think it works out. And that's why I think he's a great bounce back and one that I think will really go under the radar because of this Thursday night game. Now he's locked, so you can't pick him up now. But he is someone you can keep an eye on for next week. At running back, again, the way that running backs are, it is just so hard to find someone to stream off of waivers. One I do like here is is Naheem Hines versus the Texans. They give up a lot of receiving work to uh, receiving backs. That's all about I have. I don't know if Mac looks like he's he's healthy again. Paris Campbell is, has still been out. I don't know if he'll be back in week seven or not. So that is that is someone who leaves a bit of a hole in the middle in that receiving game. So that's who I have as far as a pickup guy. Miles Sanders may or may not be getting dropped at this point, especially with uh, some of the press that was coming out with Doug Peterson saying that they're going to give Howard more work. We're, really, honestly, guys, if, if he gives Howard more work, Howard will just be getting as much as Sanders was at the beginning of the season. And for all the people out there who were against Miles Sanders because Peterson always does a committee, how can you now be for Jordan Howard saying that, oh, he's the main back if Peterson always does a committee? It it doesn't make sense, guys. Either, either Peterson is willing to go with whoever's the hot hand best back or he's going to force a committee. And you can't just say he's going to now go with the hot hand because it's not your guy. It's it's, it's the other guy. Uh, just it's inconsistent. It's doesn't make sense. I do like Miles Sanders with the Cowboys because again the Cowboys have been giving a lot of uh, receptions. Their weak point seems to be the running back when they are receiving the ball, not running the ball. So I fully expect Howard to keep posting. Very unimpressive efficiency, but Sanders, if he gets involved in the passing game, especially if the Eagles are playing from behind, Sproles, I don't think, he's not getting much work these days, so it's really going to Sanders. So even though if you look at the their workloads early weeks, like first three weeks, even though Sanders' workload in the carry game is maybe going to be going down, there's room for him to expand in the passing game because Sproles is getting less. And he was actually getting work at the beginning of the season. Well, if you take that work and they give that work to Sanders, I think he still has as much opportunity to produce fantasy points as he did before. That Basically, that's it. Lastly, this is a bit of a reach, but if maybe you have an IR spot in your league and you can stash someone who's on IR... Uh, Bryce Love comes back for the Redskins after week six. So I don't know what that means. 
I don't know if Peterson is going to have a good week this week. He actually he actually might. In fact, I probably should have put him on this list, Peterson, just because I've seen him dropped in some leagues. So there you go. If, if Peterson is available in your league, you should get him uh, in this in this game against the Dolphins because they're playing the Dolphins. Okay, so you feel free to pick him up and start him by all means. I don't know going forward. Bryce loves back. Maybe they want to start seeing what the young guys have. I don't know. It's really a true stash if you have an open IR slot. Before you pick up the other players, pick up Bryce Love, drop him into the slot, and then get your other player. Simple as that. Because Darius Geis went on later. I think he he has a couple more weeks here before he can come back. But Bryce Love was on the list from early before the season. For wide receivers, you really need to take a look. Is Christian Kirk owned? Make sure he is because he's been injured. He's been out a few weeks now, and he wasn't really a high-profile name to begin with. A lot of people were down on him already. Same thing for Pettis and Debo Samuels. They're playing the Redskins in Week 7. I would definitely make sure that those guys are both owned. Um, for tight end, once again, I'm going Noah Fant. I told you he has a great schedule here. So there's a whole series of games that are good matchups. So he will continue to be on this list until he hits it big and gets picked up by everyone. And I can't use him as a streamer anymore. Again, breaking case of glass, Jordan Akins. Lastly, Hunter Henry is actually, he's back. And I guess I my bad because I should have been on top of this, but I guess I, I had no idea he was suddenly going to be back and, and doing work. It's this kind of thing that's nice to be a week ahead of on, but maybe you're still early if you realize Hunter Henry has been working out, is getting healthier, and will be playing as soon as week seven. So go get him if you need tight end and if someone actually dropped him. I doubt it. Maybe you can trade for him, but just be aware that he is returning. Lastly, uh, it was brought to my attention. I probably should talk about defenses, DSTs. It's not really my best thing. I tried calling a couple early in the season, and they failed miserably. I'm looking at you, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Redskins week one. I lost my home league because of it. Um... But I was looking at it, and it's easy to pick on some teams, and we all love to pick on the Dolphins. In Week 7, the Bills are playing the Dolphins. The the Bills really have a nice stretch here. That's going to come up again when I get into transactions. But they're playing the, the Dolphins, and if they are for some reason not owned, I definitely would get the Bills. But a lot of people do own them. They have been a good defense so far. But if they got dropped, like maybe when they played the Patriots last week, it's possible no one picked them up again. Go ahead and check them out. I don't have much more for you there. Nothing else really stuck out to me when I was looking at it. It's hard to say between leagues who's owned on defense and who's not because it's so subjective and there's 32 of them and usually only 10, 12, maybe 14 teams in your league. So there's a lot that are out there. 
And you never know which leagues it's popular for people to hang on to two. I, it's a real mix across even my own leagues. You never know who you're going to have in your league that's going to do a silly thing like that. But because streaming was so thin, so weak this week, I did want to focus a little bit more on some moves you could make, buying and selling. Hopefully this will help compensate for the lack of waivers. For quarterback, I wanted to talk about someone who is being oddly um, undervalued right now. I don't know. Kyler Murray. I don't know why people would possibly be down on him. He he just got through his rookie first four or five weeks and actually looked pretty good. And that was the hard part of his schedule. He's got a pretty easy schedule from here on out. Um, I would be trying to buy Kyler Murray as part of a quarterback swap. Maybe you have a better sounding quarterback that you can trade for Kyler Murray, like Tom Brady or something. I would go ahead and do that. If you aren't comfortable with him as your as your first primary quarterback, I can understand that, but you can probably still get him either way. Just wanted to put it out there. Um, and along along with him, of course, I already talked about Christian Kirk. Same thing. Even if he's owned and he can't be a streamer for you, he might be a buy low. So I would go ahead and check on him. He might be someone you could get into a deal without having to pay too much. For running backs, I would go ahead and like I already mentioned, Miles Sanders, if he is owned, I would still be buying him cheap. Everyone else is kind of getting out on him right now, getting scared off. I would buy for cheap, but I would buy. And on the other end of the spectrum, a big name that I would buy is Derrick Henry. He's been very consistent. He's been everything that you want him to be. He even had a couple, or at least one big game. But he's still a little under the radar somehow because he he isn't having such big games that everyone is all excited about him like a, of course, Christian McCaffrey or even Chubb. So I would feel very comfortable paying up for him. Yeah, you're going to have to pay for him. But if you need running back points, then you pay for him. If you have extra wide receivers, but you're weak at running back, Derrick Henry is a great target. Of course, more wide receivers here. Um, I told you we'd come back to the Bills. John, John Brown, great schedule coming up. He's clearly their guy. And he he hasn't been getting a ton of touchdowns, but I think that'll come versus the teams they're playing but he's got the volume, he's got the target share you want, and still under the radar, for the most part. Those are all the buys. On the other hand, you have to sell players eventually, especially if you're going to be buying them. So I've got a few names here that are maybe surprises to you. I did quickly reference Fuller. Go ahead, and I would sell him high after the Kansas City game for whatever position, whatever fill-in I need on my team that's not wide receiver. If you if you're stacked everywhere else and Fuller was, you know, just cake icing on top on the back end of your roster, then don't sell him. Start him plus all the other studs, all the all the other positions, and win your league. 
However, if you have holes to fill that aren't wide receiver, he is someone I would try and sell high. Next one is the surprise, possibly. And the next two, I'm going to go out on two more names that are both going to be surprises. Keenan Allen. I'm fine with selling Keenan Allen. Unfortunately, he's not coming off a great game. I think he could actually have a good game week six. And if he does, that's why I'm saying sell high. Here's why. Melvin Gordon is back. We we knew that Keenan Allen's usage um, was always amazing when Melvin Gordon was out. Eckler took over some of that. But now with Melvin Gordon back, I, th- I fear that Eckler is going to actually eat into Keenan Allen's work. Also, we just talked about Hunter Henry's back. He's coming back. Mike Williams was a little beat up there, but he's getting healthier. Now is the time to sell Keenan Allen high if you were going to sell him. If he's your somehow wide receiver two and you're happy with just the consistent points with high upside, that's fine. But again, if you're looking to really wheel and deal and get some value somewhere else on your roster, Keenan Allen is someone I would be comfortable selling rest of season. I don't think he's going to be top three or four, five. Top 10 most likely, but I'm not sure he's going to be one of those top guys. He'll not give you those top weeks. And the other surprise name is I would be selling Austin Hooper. When we go into the season, we don't know how the schedule is really going to work out. We we look at the defenses that teams play and we predict that they're going to be a good or bad defense. But we really don't know particularly how it reflects certain positions. We might say, well, that's a bad defense, but then, well, maybe they're actually pretty good against the run. Or maybe that's a pretty good defense, but maybe they're pretty bad against tight ends. We don't know. What we do know is when I look at Austin Hooper's schedule for the first five weeks, he was playing against a lot of teams that were really bad against tight ends. And it's not just that they... Their, their points against reflect as bad because they played Austin Hooper. And that is something you have to worry about when you have a small sample size. You do have to worry about your good player being the one that's tipping the the scales of the statistic and making it, it's skewing it, right? It's like offenses that play the Patriots score less points for the season. Well, that's probably because they had one game where they didn't score nearly as many points as usual. So that's going to just consistently skew the results. Makes sense? But with Austin Hooper, we look at his schedule and no, he's just had a pretty easy schedule. Which explains why he's he's been better than I expected. So I still think he's going to be good. I still think he's going to be what I expected Austin Hooper to be. I just think he's been even better and there's a possibility you can still sell him even better and even higher than what I expected. So let's look at this schedule that he had really quick. Minnesota, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Houston. And that Houston game was the week game. If you look at his schedule versus points, it's pretty clear when he's had the good matchups, he's produced. When he's had the rough matchups, the points have gone down. Not away, just down, which is why I like him. He's consistent even against the tough matchups, but he has blow up potential 
against the good matchups. And week six is a good matchup against Arizona. If he blows up again, I'm selling. Because after that, he has a so-so matchup against the Rams, a good matchup against the Seahawks. And I'm assuming at this point, if you have Austin Hooper, you probably have a winning team. You probably have a winning team. You're looking towards the playoffs. Here's what he has after his week nine bye. New Orleans, 20th against the tight end. Carolina, 29th. There's one good green matchup here. Tampa Bay in week 12. Then when you go into the playoffs, it's New Orleans again, 20th against tight end. Carolina, 29th against tight end. San Francisco, 30th against the tight end. Jacksonville, 22nd against tight end. Those are all red matchups for good reasons. If you have other options you can go with, if you can do a trade that involves you getting a tight end back that is an apparent downgrade, but is someone who's still going to give you points, I would go ahead and try to squeeze value out of Austin Hooper. All right, guys, that's week seven for you. Hope you're getting some benefit out of it. Let me know if you are. If you have any questions about any other players, any matchups, how maybe news is affecting some of these things like that Herndon news, go ahead and hit me up. Twitter at FusionFFB. I'm also on uh, my own GroupMe chat, FusionFFB GroupMe chat. That's pretty neat if you are an avid listener and want to get involved in that. It's a lot of fun. That's about it. Keep staying one step ahead of the competition. Thanks for listening. Go get them in week six.